Welcome to Folding Chair Theology. We're your hosts, Justin Mercier and Bruce Pagano, and this is Theology for Everyone. Hey, welcome to Folding Chair Theology. This is the Folding Chair Theology segment, A Spruce of Bruce. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to share um, what, what, I, what I have for you today. Um, I love when I'm able to kind of like study something and just kind of see this connection between um, some things in the Bible and things that Jesus, Jesus said and, and taught. Um, and when those things line up really well and consistently. So I'm excited to share that. Um, this is airing just a couple days after Easter. So um, happy uh, belated Easter. Uh, such a great celebration this last Sunday. Um, yeah, no, it was just good. I, I was able to um, have a Seder on Good Friday with some friends um with our you know with my community with my people and you know we we went through the the it's it's called i'm probably going to butcher it but it's the haggadah which is the passover script and there's some elements and some things that you do and you break some bread and you hide it and the kids go find it and and it's you know it's it's modified for christians because the the seder is a jewish meal um but yeah, it was just a great time and yeah, just really good. So um, let me get this out of the way. I'm drinking red wine tonight. I'm not I'm not drinking bourbon, but I'm drinking one of my favorite red wines and it is aged three months in bourbon barrels. So it's Apothic Inferno. It's just a red wine blend, um, a little bit of just kind of spice and smoke to it because it's finished in bourbon barrels, but it's a great wine. Anyway, um, with that out of the way, I want to talk about the Good Samaritan and the Prodigal Son. This past episode, last Thursday, when Justin and I talked about um, giving to the needy, Justin said something on that episode that really is an important point to be made. And he said, kind of something to the effect of it sounds like Jesus had one message in his heart and he was he was communicating that throughout his entire ministry and and I think that's right um just as I the, the more I read scripture and, and study I'm pretty convinced it's right um and I think that message was you know the good king's here and um, God is redeeming and renewing all things for his glory, um, that they might be joined back to him. And we get to see that. We've seen that in the Sermon on the Mount. And, and for sure, he's inviting us to participate in that and to view other humans, other people, other created as image of God and to, to treat them with honor in that regard so that God is glorified. And so this, so, so I think it's really important. And, and I think the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan and the parable of the um, uh, prodigal son, the, the Good Samaritans told first in Luke 10. And then later in Luke 15, Jesus tells the parable of the prodigal son. And I think that uh, 
to to illustrate that point that Justin was was making. Um, that these two parables are great examples, or are, are, are just a great illustration that that make that point that Jesus had a single message in his heart, um, and everything that, and I think it's a wide message. It's a really wide and deep message, but at the same time, it he's trying to communicate one really important thing, and the stuff that he teaches and and speaks through the Sermon on the Mount becomes this consistent teaching throughout his entire ministry. And so Jesus tells these parables and 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 really the message is the same in each one. And and I'll kind of you know this last weekend um the pastor of my church Adam uh preaches or or preached on the prodigal son and he's preached on the prodigal son in the past. And I think it was just a great message for Easter. Um, but he makes this point. I, I'll save it, actually. I'll, I'll save the point that he makes. Because I want to. I just want to summarize the both stories. If you're not familiar with, with the stories, uh, we'll, we'll start with the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, um, this guy, he's walking down the road. This Jewish man, he's walking down the road. He gets ambushed by um, some criminals, some bandits depending on the translation you read, some bad guys. And they, they beat him and rob him and leave him for dead on the side of the road. They even take his clothes. So he's left for dead. Um, a uh, temple priest comes by. A uh, Pharisee sees him, ignores him, walks, you know, cr- literally crosses the other side of the road. Um, he's coming down from the temple, so probably doesn't want to, um, you know, make himself unclean. Then a Levitical priest, someone you know, uh, someone who works in the temple, sees him, crosses the other side of the road, ignores him, and then a, a Samaritan who the Jewish people despised, did not count them, counted them lower than dogs. So it was like women, dogs, Samaritans, and counted them lower than that. And the Samaritan comes up to him, and and I think I mentioned this before. Surely, if Jewish people would have walked up on him trying to tend to the wounds of this Jewish man. They would have just automatically assumed that he's garbage and he's lower than a dog. He probably did this. And they wouldn't even sought an explanation. They would have just held him accountable as the perpetrator of this violent act and and responded um, with, you know, swift justice, um, if you can call it justice. But at the end of the day, this Samaritan um, comes across this guy uh, has compassion on him, you know, feels compassion for him. You know, some scriptures, some passages say takes pity on him, responds with compassionate care, uh, tends to his wounds, uses wine and oil, puts him on his own donkey, rides him to an inn, tends to his wounds through the night, cares for him, and then pays uh, for for the for his pays the innkeeper for his care so that he while he's gone is taken care of and then promises that when he comes back whatever expenses the innkeeper accrues that he would pay that for him and that's a big deal so that's the good samaritan and you know jesus at the end of that he's like hey which one is the actual neighbor the pharisee says the one who showed him mercy which is an important word um and then jesus says now go and do the same the prodigal son is this story of a man who has two sons. 
the younger of them comes to the father and says, hey, um, I, I want my inheritance. I want it now before you die. In that culture at the time, it would have been just a slap in the face. Essentially, he would have been saying, I'm going to treat you as if you're dead. You're unimportant to me and I want my part and, and I, I don't want to be part of this family anymore. So the father gives it to him. The younger son promptly goes out, lives this extravagant life, and dumps all his money. A famine hits the land. He's out of money. He, he ends up finding himself in a pigsty, which the Jews that Jesus was telling this parable to would have found that to be horrific because pigs are unclean. And this, this young Jewish boy ends up in a pig pen. Um cleaning up after pigs and and desiring the food that they're eating for his own it says he he gets up and he comes to his senses and essentially has this thought that i'll just go to my father and ask him to take me in and take me in as one of his servants and we'll just we'll just do that um because living as a servant for my father is much better than living in the condition i'm currently in so he goes home um, while he's a long way off, the father sees him. The implication is that the father had waited for him day and night. Um, father sees him a long way off, runs to him, embraces him. The, the son has a speech planned out like, Father, just make me one of your servants. The um, father kind of doesn't hear it, hugs him, kisses him. Calls a servant to put a ring on his finger and a robe on his body and sandals under his feet. Declares that his son who was dead is, is alive again. Calls for the slaughtering of the fattened calf and a ceremony or in a uh, celebration to be had. All the while, the brother who never left becomes upset because he was faithful to the father and he never got a party. And the father makes a point that like everything you had was always... Always, everything I've had is always available to you, and, and you just never took advantage of it. Now come celebrate. I think it says that the sun stayed outside. So that's the two stories, and and so for context, the the word prodigal actually has a couple meanings, and we've labeled scholars have labeled that parable the prodigal son because they kind of leaned on the first definition of um, of wasteful extravagance, like. That the that prodigal in the dictionary is defined as wasteful extravagance. So the son wasted the money on just extravagance. But they miss, and this is the point that my that my friend um, Adam Cook, who's a pastor at Awaken Church, makes. And and when I heard this, I was like, oh, that's good. Um, he says that the the second definition is giving on a lavish scale, and that the actual prodigal is not the son, but the father. And and that the father is the one that, even though betrayed and um, counted as dead by the son, when his son returns home, he gives on this lavish scale. He, he reinstates him by giving him a family ring. He puts a robe on his back and he he lifts his feet from the ground by putting sandals on his feet and and reclaims him as a son he he'll have nothing of counting his son a servant but but you know puts him back into the fold as as a son um and that's a really important thing because i think you know the story in and of itself jesus says there was a man who had two sons 
He didn't say there was a son who went to his father. So the story's about the father and about his lavish pouring out, like this giving on this lavish scale that's in excess of what might be deserved. So it's a really great kind of reframing of that picture. Um, but on other levels, it's really, my argument is that it's the same story. That Jesus is telling the same story here. And, and he's doing something that's really important. And so in both settings, um, in both parables, there's both involve someone who's in distress um, someone who's in need of compassionate care, um, someone who can't help themselves. Now, the difference here, and I think that the reason why Jesus tells both the stories, and this is conjecture, but just looking at context, the reason why Jesus tells both the stories um, the way that he told the stories is one of them il illustrates um, a situation that was other-inflicted. So the, the story of the Good Samaritan the Good Samaritan had nothing to do with bandits jumping him. Like, there's no indication in the story that he did anything to deserve it, that he wasn't where he wasn't supposed to be. And and, and all the responsibility for him being um, beat up, robbed, and left for dead is put on the bandits. None of There's no indication that he bears any, any weight for that. So, so the Good Samaritan displays this... Um, this distress that is other inflicted and the prodigal son, which let's call it the prodigal father parable displays this self-inflicted distress where the son does something that he decides he wants to do. That's against culture. That's very selfish intended. And he creates this situation in his own life that is self-inflicted and um, really just puts him in a place of distress where the only thing that saves him is compassion and care, right? And so so that's really important because Jesus is kind of framing this this moment where um, the the other two people in the story provide the thing for the person who is in distress and they provide the same thing. So the two people who are in, dis in distress are in distress for different reasons. One self-inflicted, one other inflicted. And the people that relieve the distress relieve it in the same way, regardless of how the distress was inflicted. And so that's a big deal. Jesus is putting out there that like for the Father, for God, for Jesus, it doesn't matter who inflicts the distress they're going to respond the same way. And that's really good news for us. Because if, if we're honest, some of the situations we're in are because of us. Some of the situations we're in are because of things we did, decisions we made, lessons we failed to learn. But sometimes, sometimes the distress that we're in has nothing to do with anything we did. We're not responsible for it. Somebody else did something that impacted us and hurt us. And the good news is that regardless of the distress and why we're in distress, 
the Father and the Good Samaritan respond the same way. And so how did they respond? So in the Good Samaritan, um, at the end of that parable in verse, I think it's 37, Jesus asked which one's the neighbor and the Pharisee responds, the one who showed mercy. And that word there's Elios. And that, that word Elios is, um, is the Greek word that is kind of the active noun. It's this active noun because it needs to go with the phrase, the one who showed, the one who shewed mercy. It's this noun that, that, that is used in an active sense that, um, that provides something that undoes something that's that. So, so it's the actual act of compassion. It's the actual act of compassionate care. So when somebody provides, somebody provides Elios, Eleos. Um, and that's really important. Unfortunately, that, ver that word doesn't appear in the prodigal father and the prodigal son. Um, but in verse 33, and, oh, I can't remember. It's in verse, oh, let me look real quick. And the father, but while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion. There's this word compassion there. And and remember, eleos is translated mercy, but it's also um, easily translated as loving kindness or compassionate care. Um, but that word compassion in like, I'm not even going to try and say it. It's like, um, yeah, I'm not even going to try and say it. But that word compassion, the father, the prodigal father that felt compassion, the same word appears in verse 33 of the Good Samaritan that says, um, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and when he saw him he took pity on him or the other it's the same word as in the prodigal he took compassion on him and so that word is uh, essentially means that there's this feeling deep inside them that that moves them toward elios and so even though the prodigal son the prodigal father story doesn't use the word elios the action at the end when he runs to him and kisses him and he puts a ring on his finger and a robe on him and sandals on his feet is literally the same action it's elio elios that the samaritan took by tending to the wounds putting him on a donkey taking him to the inn and then paying the innkeeper and then saying, I'll reimburse you for whatever you spend. It's the same action. Both of those actions are eleos. Spurred on by that feeling, that deep gut feeling of compassion, that, that loving kindness that moved them to care for and compassionately tend to the distress in an attempt to undo it because they were capable of undoing it. So the Samaritan and the father are the same people in the stories.
And the expectation that God has, that Jesus has in communicating this, is that we would emulate that. That we would see ourselves in that role and imitate that action of the Father and the Good Samaritan. Because he's them. And that's what he's communicating to us. He's saying, look, there are people in distress. Some of it's self-inflicted. Some of it's other-inflicted. And your job, nay, your joy as a follower of me, is to act with compassion and be moved to loving kindness toward that person and to undo that distress in a way that you're capable of undoing it. To whatever extent you're capable, you undo distress to that, to that extent. And so they're the same story. And I love that they're the same story. I love that Jesus puts that in front of us. And he offers us this thing that says it doesn't. And, and, and the, the, the hope in it for me and for you is that it doesn't matter if you do this to yourself. And it doesn't matter if somebody else does it to you. There's a place where your wounds and your distress and your oppression and your affliction can be tended to. And it's at the end. And it's at the Father's bosom. And you can come there or be brought there or be carried there or come head slumped, feet dragging there and he'll tend to it. And then you get to walk out upright and healed and whole and restored and celebrate. And that's the good news. Of the good Samaritan and the prodigal father. And maybe we call it the prodigal Samaritan. Because that Samaritan lavished extravagantly his care. And that father was treated by his son like a Samaritan. And they're the same. So that's what I wanted to share. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking them 22 minutes, 25 minutes. I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear what you think. I don't think it's off. I don't think I have it off. Um, But I'd love to hear what you think. Add us on Facebook and Instagram and the Twitters. Give us a rating. Review us on all of your podcast stations apple spotify stitcher uh, prime yeah so thanks guys and we will be back on thursday with another episode of folding your theology and i think we're talking prayer so see you then bye Thank you for listening to Fold and Share Theology. You can follow Bruce on multiple social media platforms at bpags2, as well as Justin Mercier on Instagram at justinmercier13. Additionally, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Fold and Share Theology. 
Until then, keep unfolding God's word each and every day.